With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, guys, Greg Scheinman here, Midlife Mail Podcast time. Thank you so much for joining me this week and every week as always. Uh, This week, I have my good friend Tassos Katsaunas joining me. He is the founder and CEO of the Breadman Baking Company, which means he actually is the Breadman. this is a commercial artisan bakery. It provides naturally leavened breads to restaurants, hotels, grocery retailers, um, and certainly during these times, farmers markets, which have become a big thing. Um, these guys are committed to crafting premium baked goods with two main ingredients, passion and integrity. Once you get to know Tassos, like I know Tassos, you will clearly see and realize um, exactly how those two main ingredients, passion and integrity, really are the driving force behind what he's been able to create with the bread man. Look, it is not like bread is new. It is not like there aren't a lot of people out there making bread, eating bread, selling bread. But what does it take to really enter that space, build a brand, create loyalty, scale, grow, and turn something that you are passionate about and that you love into an actual business. We're going to get into all that. Um, Tassos is a guy I've gotten to know over the last couple of years. I represent him as a client and personally he's also become a good friend. And we love his bread. I love his bread. It's fantastic. The ciabatta is like off the charts. My boys love the pizza dough. I mean, we are buying it by the dozen, keeping it in the freezer, defrosting it, and making unbelievable pizzas at home. Thank you, Kate, for taking care of that. And thank you, Tassos, uh, for the dough itself. I'm one of those big believers that food tastes better when you know the people that are making it for you, the individuals behind the brand, the individuals in the kitchen, all of these places. It just feels better. And... This is certainly one of those homegrown Houston stories, a transition out of the corporate world into following your passion and your heart to create something special, turn it into a business, and the sky is the limit. I mean, that's that's just super, super cool. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and hearing Tasso's story as much as I enjoy uh, sitting down and talking to him and listening to him and learning from him and, and bringing it to each and every one of you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star rating, a nice review. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody you know. Keep the Midlife Mail movement growing. I really appreciate it. Without further ado, I'm going to leave sponsorship out of this. I'm going to leave some other stuff that I'm into out of it right now. And let's just get to it with Tassos Katsaunas this week on the Midlife Mail podcast. The bread man himself. Tassos Katsaunas. 
Did, yeah. I, did I get it? You and now, okay, yeah, it. <laughs> we we nailed it. Good in the first uh, first take right there. So you have heard the intro. Um, you know how I feel about the Breadman Company, their products, um, the man himself. Personally, I always feel that food tastes better when you know the people who make it. You know, yeah. and this is certainly the certainly the case here. So, Tassos, welcome, man. Thank you for having me, Greg. I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's nice. This is also the first time when we've talked for like an hour before the mics even went on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was starting to wonder if we're already recording and doing the podcast. <laughs> yep, I try to flip it around, make sure you don't see any red lights or anything going on as we're talking business and everything else because we work together. So we got to get the juicy, important stuff, kind of, you know, get the business out of the way. Right. Um, but what I really want to talk about here is, you know, is the personal aspect. Sure. Um, you know, you've had a remarkable journey in life, kind of making that move from corporate, mm, yeah. kind of the, the office, the cube, you know, the consult, everything, to following your passion yeah. uh, and going into the bread business. And that's always been something that's really important to me is combining personal passion, you know, with, with professional expertise. Sure. So... We'll backtrack to the whole beginning, but but talk to me a little bit about that decision-making process, where you were in your life at the time, um, and how how this Breadman Co. got started. Yeah, so um, you know when you spend 22 years in a career that you don't have a passion for, it eventually catches up with you. And for some time, I'd say prior to starting the company, which officially. Uh, launched in 2018. Um, there was probably five years prior to that where I had had serious in-depth conversations with my wife on a possible career change because I, w I was that miserable. It was starting to impact me personally. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, not that it would impact my performance because the importance of performing and holding a job, obviously, and a paycheck to provide for your wife and three kids or to contribute to your household was obviously important. So I made the leap only because I had the support of my wife, right? And there was evidence and data to show that we may have stumbled on something and timing was probably in our favor. Um, but it wasn't a decision that was made easily and overnight. Um, it was more of a very strategic decision with doing research, doing analytics, understanding the market, understanding pain points that may exist in the market with, on the, from the customer standpoint, um, doing going out there and interviewing potential clients to really understand <clears throat> what do you like, what don't you like, where are your pain points, what would you like to see different. And again, that was me putting my consulting hat on because I spent 22 years in management consulting. Mm -hmm. And that's what I know how to do. And even now in the business, I look at and I address our customers as partners. I don't look at them as customers because that's just in my nature and ingrained in me from working professionally in my previous career for as long as I did. So it, it was really for me to, to make this leap because as you probably can understand, it's not an easy decision to make because there's potential ramifications that come with that. You could fail miserably, and it's not that I was terrified of failing. <clears throat> I've always learned that failing, you know, failure actually equals progress. Um, and, but it was a matter of how hard do you fail? 
was it if you failed miserably, then, you know, depending on where you are in life, you could easily go back to your previous career or now you have nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And even financially speaking for that matter, with the level of investment that goes into a commercial bakery, for example. Um, but, you know, when my wife and I sat down and I collected the data and we looked at each other and said, you know, we've sold already X amount of loaves of bread out of our house. We've gotten <clears throat> a number of inquiries uh, locally from restaurants, hotels that have come to us under the under, you know, from the understanding that we are a bakery when, when, for, when, when we were not mm -hmm. a bakery. This was just something we did out of the house. Um, that tells me that we should really look into this and deep dive into it. And so after doing that, we, you know, she really pushed me out of the nest. She said, you know, 22 years, you can always go back. I was like, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> In a way, you also became your first client, you know, as, mm -hmm. a, as a consultant. You know, again, yeah. I mean, the, you talk about the analysis, again, mm -hmm. the strategy, um, you know, putting that, you kept the consultant hat very much on yeah. yeah in the decision making or you know kind of due diligence phase of how how deep am i going am i going all in you yeah. know with this and starting this right mm -hmm. and it's it's true i never thought of it that way um and i still find myself doing that to this day obviously with strategic decisions and where we're taking the company and where the company actually to be truthful is taking us Mm -hmm. um, which it's kind of organically taken on in its own life and heading in its own direction, and we're just guiding it right through its journey. Um, but yeah, if it, <clears throat> I wouldn't have felt comfortable making a decision that big, right, at my age, which mm -hmm. is I'm 45, mm -hmm. married with three children, um, if I had not known exactly what I was getting myself into, and and not just getting myself into, but what do I need to do to make this remotely a success, right? Like, who's my customer gonna be? And I knew from the beginning, if I'm gonna <clears throat> develop and produce a premium product, I need to put it in the hands of the premium customer, which to me was chef-driven restaurants, um, eventual more specialty-type grocery stores on the higher end, really targeting those that I'd already been selling to out of my house, but on a grander scale, mm -hmm. right? How do you define success? Now that you've used that word, because by all intents and purposes, you were successful at your career, but you also said, okay, I didn't really have passion right. for, for the career, yeah. and here was something else I want, want to do. So do you define success in terms of, again, am I getting this product into the right hands? Sure. Was it a, I have to make X amount of, of money or I'm comfortable with making less than I was making before. You know, everybody's definition of success is yeah. different. And you also have a dual income family, right? Right, we do. In there. Yeah. Um, so that probably plays something into it. It mm -hmm. did, mm -hmm. yep. Um, so it's an interesting question because I never considered myself successful in my previous career. And it was because I never enjoyed it. So yes, did I make great money? Was it the most money I'd ever made at that point? Yeah, absolutely. The salary was great. The benefits were probably some of the best I'd ever experienced in my, in my previous career. Um, but I didn't consider myself successful, although I'd been referred to that in the past. I didn't ever agree with it because I didn't care for it. Mm. Um, my definition of success now is I'm learning quickly, Greg, that um, if I'm not happy doing it, then there's, there's no level of success, but it's not the pure definition for me of what success is. I've learned about myself that I may or may not be ever satisfied with the level of success 
that I may or may not achieve mm -hmm. with the bakery. And I think a lot of that stems from childhood, um, being the oldest, <clears throat> excuse me, in an immigrant family, um, whose, <laughs> whose father made it very clear that if you're never successful in your career, whatever you decide to make, then we may or may not have wasted our time and lives coming to this country. <laughs> we know God bless them. That's just how they knew how to communicate. Um, they sounded very much like the Jewish guilt that I experienced also. <laughs> guilt in there. Yeah, we, we've got a little bit of that. Um, but, um, I, you know, for me, it's now, I think success is defined by A, it, do I love what I do? Do I still love it? Which I absolutely do. This is my... You know, everybody refers to their company as, as an entrepreneur, as your baby. This is very much my baby. Mm -hmm. um, I've never worked harder in my career, and I, I don't see it as work anymore. Um, I, I look forward to sitting down in my office when everybody goes to bed and working those extra hours because I love it that much. But, you know, there's another side to success for me, which is based on metrics and milestones and personal goals that you, you know, set mm -hmm. for yourself. I never thought, this may sound silly, but I never thought we'd have a lifetime sales of a million dollars in bread because you can understand that's a lot of bread yeah right and you're selling a loaf of bread for three bucks whatever you know the price point is um and working on a blended margin it's a lot of bread and um when that when that hit i i had set a goal for myself to reward myself in whatever way i decided to do that um by hitting a million dollars the next time i will hit a milestone for me is when we hit five and then it just goes from there um you know milestones of getting your product regionally to Whole Foods now in four states. We're only two and a half years old, and I just never thought that that would be a reality this soon. Um, yep. That, to me, was a major win. So, you know, I'm moving the needle of what my success looks like from day to day, from quarter to quarter, annually, et cetera, right? So it's, it's, it just kind of varies for me. It's a combination or a blended approach to success. Mm -hmm. And as much as, you, as much as you love it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're not, and you've never worked harder. Let's not right. discount the fact that it's that it's work. Yep. Also, are there areas of the business you say, okay, like this I don't love so much. Yes. You know, like I, because I mean, I'll just I'll use myself as an example. Like when I owned a gym, I, I had to open up a gym, okay. open up a studio, sure. and it's always that kind of line where. At what point again does my passion or hobby, you know, become a business? And let's go. And it's. I was never in worse shape in my life mm -hmm. <laughs> than when I owned that gym. Sure. I was never more tired, mm -hmm. opening the doors at 4.30, you know, at 4.30, yeah. yeah. uh, and, and, you know, being on all the time and literally physically being exhausted and didn't enjoy the class. Like, it, was, it was like the irony, after, you know, after several years of this, because I guess I also didn't delegate out very well yeah. the stuff that I, one, didn't do well, right. um, and also wasn't the fun stuff that, you know, that I got into the business for, right. you know? right. Do you see that in your business some too? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, and I think you can probably agree that as an entrepreneur, um, there's a control aspect, right. That comes up with being an entrepreneur. You want to control everything because you have the, the forgive the term, but you know, simplistically put, uh, or simply put is we have that dumb gene, Right, that says no one else can do this as best as oh, I yeah. can. Right, constant so, micromanager. You know, you can't yes. you can't turn it off. Okay, <clears throat> right. Mm -hmm. And so I I try I work very hard at that to not micromanage because I don't I never liked being micromanaged uh, in my previous career. But yeah, I hate accounting more than anything in the world. Um, I hate dealing with distribution because it's like managing an entire company within another company, and it's it's the biggest headache and. 
Um, so there's there's parts of it. I love the sales aspect of it. I love the marketing aspect of it. That's mm-hmm. where I can really my personality comes out, and it's it really helps you know establish our pipeline and where we are now. But I, I hate accounting. All aspects of accounting. Um, I hate accounting, uh, and I hate accounting, uh, and I hate distribution. <laughs> I hate dealing with with those. Uh, that's, so yeah, there's um, those parts of the business to me are work. Um, I only like to. <laughs> The only thing about accounting I do like is actually monitoring revenue. That's exciting, <laughs> right? So I'll put an asterisk next to that one. But yes, there are parts of the business where I just want to go. I like, what have I done? <laughs> you know, like I wonder if they'll take me back. No, maybe, I don't think at this point they'll take me back. <laughs> How is the family with the business? And again, then in ter- um, well, even just in terms of again, you say you've never worked harder, but you've also right. never been happier yeah. you know yeah. again, still married still the same three kids okay? yeah, yeah. Um, check in I mean when you were in an office again before yeah. how do the hours and you know or schedule necessarily compare you know sure. and is it you know they're so much more supportive dad you know because we were <laughs> like now you're the bread guy you yeah. know versus we had no understanding of what you actually did before but you didn't seem that happy like is it is it that uh, yeah well yeah part of that yeah which is funny you said that last part because my entire family had no idea what i did for a living for so long <laughs> they some of them i'm pretty convinced probably didn't think i actually worked because i worked a lot remotely when i wasn't traveling okay so they probably saw you sitting around a lot like at a desk quote working and yep. i use my quotes when i say that um, so, you know, for a good period of time, um, well, as you know, owning a business, there's a level of stress that comes with it, right? And it's your stress, right? I try to look at it and define it differently because it's not stress bestowed on you by a corporation, yeah. right? It's your company uh-huh. and it's yourself that's putting stress on yourself. All self-induced, yes. Right. So, <clears throat> um, that has been recently, uh, had to be addressed. Right. Yes. Very supportive. Everybody's super happy that you're doing well. Everybody's very happy to see that you're happier. Um, for a long while, there was no complaints about the hours um, until probably in the last 30 to 45 days where my children started going, um, Daddy, work, Daddy, you work too much. Why do you work as much as you do? Like, why do you have to work as much as you do? Because mm-hmm. you never see us anymore or we don't play with you anymore. Um, and, and my wife has been very supportive up until probably around that same time frame when the kids started speaking up, then mama bear starts to pay attention. And then she has to sit me down and go, do you have any time to do X, Y, Z that involves the kids? Because they would really like to, for you to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've struggled with the work-life balance and I didn't realize I was struggling with it until you're you know, even six-year-old son, who's my youngest, uh, has made comments about it. Mm-hmm. And what are the ages of the three? Yeah, so I have two girls and a boy in that order. They're uh, nine, eight, and six. Okay, you are right in the thick of it. In the thick of it, right? Yes. And there's three of them. So and they want you. Yeah, all the like time. minor teen, two teenage boys, and no, like getting them to spend time with us is ho- much harder now. Correct. Yes, when yeah. they can hop in their car and just go. Right. There's <laughs> yes. no interest in mom. And yes, dad and I wish I had those ages back again because yes. all the cliches are true of how quickly it goes and, and all of that. Yes. So and, and that's my struggle is mm-hmm. I don't want to look back when they're teenagers and they don't want to spend time with you anymore and go. I really wish I didn't work as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Right. I want I want these time these years. Yep. But you are also at a very interesting point of your business yeah. as well as your development, uh, family development. Right. So 
when that conversation happens, yeah. you know, and mom or sits you down, the kids have said that. Okay. You know, what's your process or, or your reaction? Like, I know I've gotten defensive, of course, in the past. You know, I mean, and some of these are really tough conversations to have, okay? Yeah. And yeah. then the, some of the excuses come out, and then, like, maybe later, and I may, I'm not answering the question for you. I'm just throwing up on you nope, about yeah. my own personal baggage, yeah. you know? Because yeah. we've all been there. Yeah. And then it's like, fuck, i got to take a step back and realize you guys are right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so very defensive at first. Um, in my head, never never vocalize this, but in my head you want to go, you know, this was your idea, <laughs> right? And I've never said that to my wife, and I'll never send her the link to this podcast, so she never hears it. <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that has circled in my head a, a quite a few times. And yes, I've, I've gotten defensive like you probably have in the past. Um, and there are times where it's, you know, it had gotten to the point um, where I started saying, okay, look, Monday through Friday, I absolutely have to dedicate the time because, yeah, we're in a hyper-growth mm-hmm. stage, right? And we're fortunate to be in this place. We're, we're, we happen to fall in an industry that where people still have to eat, right? And mm-hmm. we have a retail presence in grocery here locally and across yep. four states. So that's obviously helped us carry us through a, a, a global pandemic where most companies as you see multi-billion dollar conglomerates are falling apart right because they may not happen to fall in the right industry if you will yeah in, in this time frame or in this this uh what we're dealing with so i i finally decided i said okay yes daddy spends a lot of time working yes i have to work in order for us to continue to maintain this momentum mm-hmm. right and to get us to where to meet our demands which which we've been blessed <coughs> with quite a bit of um but I'll make you a deal, like I do with all my customers. <clears throat> In this case, they're my customers. Um, I will, you know, I, I'll stop going to the farmers markets on the weekends because we, we like to reach out to the community, as you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and we like that presence. It's fun for us. It's a marketing angle, whatever. Um, but I'll stop going to the markets, so Daddy will be home, no work on the weekends. And I say that with quotes because they go to bed and I go to work in the office at home. <laughs> Um, but they it doesn't do count. It doesn't count. <laughs> doesn't right? count. When you're asleep, <laughs> yep. it's game on. Um, and um, and that was that's been working, right? Um, I've started to make more priorities for certain things. You know, I I forget, and maybe you did this, that I'm actually in control of my own calendar, right? Mm-hmm. I can schedule things accordingly around important things that are involving the kids or family or what yep. have you. Mm-hmm. And I've started to recognize that and realize that I can do that. Um, you know, I tell myself, look, if I can carve off time for a podcast, you know, there's no reason why I can't take my kid to school that morning mm-hmm. after he's asked you for three weeks to do it. And the only, so well, I'm sorry, buddy, I've, I've got to go to, I've got to get to the bakery. Yep. You know, we live off the calendar. I mean, yeah. I, do th- I think the calendar is an incredible tool it is. in that it is. kind of our rule is like, if it's not on the calendar, it, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've tr- I think it's, it's, it's really helped us all, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to share a calendar, yeah. I mean, especially now with teenagers as yeah. well, that, you know, they have all their own devices. They're, they're, they're more technically astute than we are. At least we can share a calendar. Sure. But it is those things like 14-year-old can't drive so I can take him to school on Tuesday mornings. Okay, that's my day set in stone on the calendar. Yeah. Don't book a workout. Don't book a meeting. Don't book in anything else, right. you know, kind of thing, yeah. um, you know, that's in there. Um, but it's got to create a little bit of a conundrum for you too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is, again, what do you 
say yes to? What do you say no to in order to bring certain things back? And yes, we have all these choices because again, you're like me in that way. Like, hey, the farmer's market's probably like, they're fun, right? Like, oh, yeah. they're, like there were certain things again with the, and this business and the gym and other things that I've done. Go, oh wow, well that's the good part, you know. Yeah. And so I'm giving up the good part, okay, yeah. for something that's also really good. Of course, because we can't be in two places at the same time, and something's got to give somewhere. Yeah, you know? and that's a that's a curve, you know. So I found a solution to that. So when I stopped going to the market, you know, I used to work the markets myself. I would go. People like to see us there. Um, I don't know why they like to see me there, but they did, and I took it as a compliment. Um, but when I decided, let's hand this over to a team specifically and responsible for just our market presence, uh, I started to receive emails and messages through social media that, um, oh wow, so you're not here anymore. Like, that you could tell mm -hmm. people were disappointed yeah, yeah. that mm -hmm. you're not there. And so I thought, oh gosh, you know, I promised them I wouldn't do the markets. Um, and yeah, look, at the same time, I was getting burned out of waking up at 3 a.m. to go to the bakery to bake off product to get a market set up together, get it there and move and work. Um, so I started taking the kids to the market, you know, once or twice a month. And, you know, I'll wake them up. You know, my wife uh, has a very early morning job. And, um, and so she, we let her sleep in on Saturdays, uh, like a college freshman. Like she'll <laughs> sleep until like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not exaggerating. Um, and so I'll take all three kids and sometimes my niece, who happens to be at our house quite often, and we'll go to the market. And I'll go and we'll hang out and they get croissants for breakfast at, the, at, the, at our setup, right, at our, at our tent. Um, and we'll go visit daddy's customers that are there and we'll buy some stuff for the house. So I still get a presence yeah. occasionally, but I just combine it with family time. Right, and the kids like they look forward to it because yeah. they know they're going to get a you know a beautiful cinnamon roll, <laughs> you know that morning. So, and you're a celebrity at the markets in a way. It's yeah, like okay, you walk around, everybody knows you. I mean, you named the freaking company Breadmanka. I mean, oh, you well, kind of you I didn't kind name of, it. Okay, I didn't name it. Who named it? My 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 now oldest, my now uh, nine year old who was six at the time, actually came up with the name, not knowing she was naming the company. Okay, and, and real briefly. Um, when I was still baking out of the house, we have this island in the kitchen, and I had just cooling racks of bread everywhere. So imagine three little sets of hands immediately wanting to reach for freshly baked, beautifully smelling bread. And I had to shoo them off and say, like, don't touch daddy's bread. Actually, mm -hmm. that's not even for us. It's for other people. And she looked at me and goes, well, I don't understand, daddy. If it's not for us, then, then what are you doing with this bread? And I said, oh, honey, well, we're selling this to these people. And without skipping a, a beat, Greg, she goes, oh, so you're a bread man baking company. <laughs> and I went, huh. And then, you know, my wife's head whips around the corner and she goes, write that down. That's the name. I was like, all right, maybe that's the name. And so it, it worked. It stuck. People really started to, to grasp it and enjoy it. So I said, all right, great. So now she's probably goes around telling everybody that I named Daddy's Business, which one day I will have. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Very ambitious. Um, I like it. Could you believe that it wasn't taken? Um, no, honestly, I never even thought of that. I just know I never really thought of it that way, um, which probably I should go trademark that now that you say that. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I don't think I can believe that it was taken. And you know what? I had nothing like that that was more deep-rooted, like, you know, family, uh, you know, derived in terms of where the name came from. I was thinking of something else completely on, you know, off the map, mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of a name. I was trying to think of something a little bit more simplistic, but still spoke to an artisan bakery. Um, and then here my daughter just whips that out of her mouth. And here we are, you know, I have a bread man baking company. <laughs>
you know, one thing we were just talking about um, was how to reflect mm-hmm. on accomplishments. You know, you've talked about the transition. You've talked about starting the Breadman Company. You've talked about getting kind of pulled back into the work-life balance and family. Right. Um, pushing that boulder up the hill, the monumental million-dollar mark. Sure. You know? At what point, is there even a point for you where you stop and you reflect on, on where you're at and how you deal uh, or handle just, just some measure of success? Yeah, um, I didn't know how to do that, and I'm still learning how to do that. Um, some of my very closest friends back home in Dallas where I grew up um, follow obviously what we do on social media. They read all the, you know, we've been fortunate to get also, you know, some media coverage here locally for some accomplishments and expansion and whatnot. And, you know, when you're, and you probably understand this because you're a business owner, um, when you are in it, like you are fully 150% committed, right? You're in, you're in the trenches constantly. And you may hit a new account, you may, um, like, you know, we were fortunate enough to expand with Whole Foods uh, to the, you know, through the Southwest region. Uh, And it's working well, right? But there's a lot of work that goes behind that, operationally speaking, Mm -hmm. from a sales perspective, marketing, all of that, which obviously takes time. You've got to really dedicate yourself to that. And so I didn't, I didn't understand that, how important and what level of a milestone that accomplishment was until my friends back home, because now you can buy our bread in Whole Foods in Dallas, right? In 48 stores across mm-hmm. Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana. And I didn't realize how, much, how important that was for us or how important it was for me to really understand and recognize that accomplishment until my friends in Dallas were posting pictures of themselves buying our branded product in the bakery section of Whole Foods in Dallas. And then my parents, I found out, were the first ones to show up to one of the stores to purchase it. And they immediately recognized, like the the team member on the other side of the counter looks at my dad and he goes, and he, because they put your picture, right, in Whole Foods, (laughs) so my face is all over the place. And, you know, I look just like my dad. So he looks at my father and he goes, you're the dad, aren't you? And my dad's like, yes. And he goes, okay, well, we just got it here, so give us a few minutes and you'll be the first one to buy it at this store. That didn't really hit right away. And it took me a bit to really process it and understand like, yeah, mom and dad now don't have to drive in for you to send them home with a loaf of bread or it doesn't have to come in a box, mm-hmm. you know, shipped via whatever. Um, they can go to their local Whole Foods and buy it. And that's when I started to realize I should appreciate and, you know, I'm not a big, let's celebrate, let's make you, you know, I, to me, you know, like I said, there's a lot of work ahead of me for, cause I have established milestones and goals that I want us to achieve as a company and me personally as an owner. Um, and, you know, but I also need to take the, the minute, right? To smell the roses, as they mm-hmm. say, and to really appreciate that, hey, you know, look what you've done out of, in a very short period of time, pat yourself on the back. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it's been a challenge though. Yeah. I'm. I'm sure. I mean, and one of the reasons you will reach those milestones and continue to be successful is because you're just built and driven that way. Yeah. You know, it seems it, it seems like if the goal was like 
easy to accomplish, you know, or simple, and that would be enough. Right. It's like, okay, you know, right. where are we really going with this? Yeah. You know, like, you know okay, what? crank out a few loaves of bread, yeah. like, that's good. Those guys typically don't really make it, like, like in terms right. of the, the larger scale. Right. You know? you know what's funny you say that is, you know, my wife will be, she's very good at recognizing accomplishments, right? She herself is very accomplished in her career. And I'm good at, at recognizing her accomplishments, but she'll come to me, like when the Whole Foods thing happened with the expansion, um, she came to me and she goes, I am so proud of you. And I looked at her and I go, for what? <laughs> and she goes, what do you mean for what? And I go, I mean, what did I do? And, and she goes, are you serious? You've got bread in four states. I was like, oh, yeah, I know, but, and I started with but, and she goes, what are you butting about? And I said, I mean, okay, we've got like four SKUs in four states, that's great. I said, but we need to build that up. And she's like, do you know, like, you're not seeing this, right? Like, you're, you're not processing this at all. And then she asked me that, you know, what I thought was a pretty important question after the fact, once I really processed the question, which is a very simple question was, you know, are you ever gonna be satisfied? And then I go, oh yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure. One, yeah, I think the satisfaction is in the doing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like for me, like that's kind of where it's at too. Like you know, we just had our our transaction, and then the firm was was acquired, and and the nice in a way like that that's great. Okay, and yes, we go back to work. You know, the next day. It's interesting though. A similar you know conversation at home. You know, with with Kate. It's like okay, well, you're there. You know almost four, you know, 14 years yeah. you know, of, okay. of, of effort. And look at what happened. And while I take, I'm certainly not directly responsible, you know, for anything, but I, I find that like a lot of the satisfaction is in the doing, you know, yeah. and the enjoyment is in the doing and you yeah. get caught up in that yeah. and not necessarily the, oh, look over your shoulder, look what we've done, you know, here. Like yeah. even with this, it's like, oh, well, now the opportunity is to do you know, more. And, yeah. and, and I'm also not like, I don't think I'm the guy who's like overboard more. Like, trust me, I'm not the guy who's going to die at his desk. You know? Sure. Overall. Yeah. And not, not that. I talk a lot about kind of, again, you know, trying to find balance. I still think you know, balance is, for all intents and purposes, you know, bullshit. We're all out of balance to a degree, sure. you know, in, in there. 100%. But, you know, you got to go, oh. Okay, like yes, the enjoyment is in the doing, and yes, and we set big goals. Now we see big opportunities, right. you know, ahead. Um, that maybe we need that partner to say, you know, hey, stop for a second, yeah. you know, um, and and take a look at this because that makes you better too. Like when yeah. you can pay some attention to that. You know, it's funny. So you mentioned your transaction, and you know, the, the, there's an adage that they say is you never you never start a company to set it up for acquisition, like you never start a company to sell it, mm -hmm. right? That's a mistake, right? Because then you'll never sell it. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I've thought about, you know, because I've, have a, I've established a lot of friendships and relationships in the industry with other commercial bakery owners. And, you know, I've got a friend of mine, for example, in Boston who owns this massive bakery. It's a 200,000 square foot facility. And he's been offered 100 and 120 million respectively, right? On a 10X and then I think a 12X multiplier because he's just killing it across. The, he's doing national work and he won't sell it. And I said, are you out of your effing mind? It's a hundred million dollars, Greg. 
And he says, look, this is my baby. You've got a wife and kids. You probably saw it in a heartbeat, so you can go retire and be done and spend time with your family. I go, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is my baby. He goes, I, I don't know if I could allow someone else to come in and watch them make mistakes and me not be able to, you know, control any of that. Right? Yeah. And I said, yeah. And I said, but what if you could just stay on and negotiate that into the deal? So I started thinking about, like, look, what if we're fortunate enough to build this and attract, you know, like I've always joked, like, you, you know, when you, when you set yourself up in terms of a company for acquisition, you've basically pissed off the right people, right? Like, mm -hmm. here's a company that's either taking up more space on the shelf next to us at the grocery store or, you know, has taken a market share from us, you know, in this, you know, specific vertical that mm -hmm. we should be penetrating more. Fuck them, let's just buy them. Right. Right? And that happens in our industry just like it does anywhere else. And so I always joke to be like, well, if I, how much am I going to piss them off, though? Like, how much do you want to piss them off, right? To the extent to where they'd be like, hey, look, we're going to acquire the brand. We've got the production or the capacity, the operations and distribution to just pay me to take this in-house. Thank you. Here's your payday. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I would like that entirely. I think it depends. I mean, now we're getting into some really interesting stuff because you think about, again, navigating middle age, quality of life, the ages of your kids, your yeah. wife and her career, um, you know, what you want to do maybe with the next you know, phase, did we, did we achieve an eclipse, anything and everything we ever thought we could possibly do? Or sure. is there more that I want to do on my own? How tight do I want to hold on? I mean, all yeah. of these things, yeah. you know, keep, keep coming up. And then there's also, well, what could I do? You know, I mean, again, I'm not a money buys happiness guy. We've discussed that Correct. stuff too. Yeah. But it does buy a lot of opportunity and freedom to do a lot of good work for good people. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's a, there's and, a lot of truth behind that. And, you know, all of those are considerations uh, that, you know, we call them problems of prosperity, too. If you're right. fortunate enough to be in that position, right. to have opportunities and choices. And I just find all of that stuff fascinating, which is also like, well, we'll give you the X, for, you know, for this. Right. You go, okay, well, is the bird in hand, is X, okay, potentially better or different than, well, maybe I could move it beyond X by myself, or maybe not, you know? And no. how much time is that gonna take? Or do I wanna have any regret in life later that, you know, I tried to go from X to Y, and I really, you know, five years later, wish I would've fucking taken X, you Yeah, know? exactly. I, I mean, and, and nobody has a crystal ball on that. I just I find that stuff to be, to be so interesting. Like, you know, as men, I mean, obviously women too, but just, you know, was men going home at the end of the day, right. thinking about these things, um, and you and I both, we see a lot of businesses, a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah. a lot of different ways of operating, you know, right. a lot of, um, a lot of, I think, different values of where people put, again, business, family, finance, status, yeah. you know, it could be, it runs the gamut from what they're, you know, wearing on their wrist to driving, you know, to sure. none of that stuff is important to, you know, somebody... Yeah. else maybe i just want a little fuck you money and that and everybody's numbers different you know and, on that too and that's honestly you know look there's 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 a lot of truth for what you said honestly and i'm not gonna lie to say that i haven't thought about it um you know i have you know my wife wakes up you know i'm married to a radio personality right mm -hmm. a morning radio personality oh we were gonna up. we were gonna get there yeah, so, let's, sure yeah, let's get yeah. <laughs> so let's get there i guess so i uh yeah so my wife is uh has been on the air for now 20 years I think 17 of them here in Houston. 
And um, yeah, look, you know, I don't know anybody that likes getting up at 5 a.m. or 4.30 in the morning to, to do anything, right? No matter how much you love your job, yeah. you know, if you appreciate sleep, right? You don't, you're not a fan. So not that she doesn't love what she does. She's doing exactly what she's meant to do and she's super successful at it and she loves it. Um, but I tell her constantly, and I'm, and, I, and I'm very dead serious when I say this, I said, my goal, you know, my personal goal is to give you the option to take yourself off the air, if that's what you want to do, you know? Or there's other areas in the business where you can still thrive, right? So she's now on a, on a nationally syndicated weekend show mm -hmm. that she produces and records purely out of our house, right? In a little studio that she's built. And, you know, there's no 5 a.m. wake-ups for that. That, that happens at like one o'clock in the afternoon, mm -hmm. right? That's great. And there's an opportunity for her to grow that <laughs> because there's already, you know, conversations I think that are being uh, that are happening around that. So you know, for me, it's like, look, like quality of life is not just for me, but it's for all of us in the house, right? And so, yeah, I have other passion projects I'd like to do, right? Um, I've always wanted to open a pizza place just because I fucking love pizza. And I want you to open up a pizza place, okay? And I don't want you to get distracted. We're going to talk about distracted, you know, and get, you know, off. Because we have a business to grow here, okay? Yeah, we yeah, have, we got we to gotta move here this, first. This will happen later, by the way. But the pizza dough is, we, the pizza dough, I'm buying it, you know, guys, seriously. I'm buying this, you know, by the dozen. Mm -hmm. Right. At the market, I see, you know. The, the invoices, the QuickBooks invoices hit, you know, because yeah. kids at the market and we're buying right. these and we're freezing them, defrosting, we make a lot of pizzas. Please open a pizza place, I, okay, know, at, at some point. Uh, it's, it's something that I will absolutely, I've already, yes, there's planning around it. It'll be obviously at a point to where I'm at a place where I can dedicate time to that. Good, I'm in. So what you're hearing is, let's get Brad Manco, okay, <laughs> up to yeah. about maybe five, five mil plus, okay, and I, then, I'd be comfortable and then we'll, at 10. Okay, we'll get it to I'd 10. I'd be comfortable at 10, <laughs> and, where it's running itself, right? And then, then the pizza place rolls yeah, out, literally. Yeah. And, and, and wine, and we'll be happy, right? And, and, here, and here we go. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good to know that it's on the radar. Good to know that I can still get the pizza dough. And you can still get the pizza dough. But now, okay. Now we have to go here as they start to come by and clean the windows on the high rise. So if you hear stuff in the background, it's like the one day in the building that we're in that they're going to come down with a scaffold while, while we're recording this. But that's, that's business and that's life and that's all of this shit. Right. Uh, distractions. Yeah. And how you deal you know, with, with distractions. And even within the core business that you're in, you know, creatively, multiple SKUs. Like I could make this kind of bread yeah. or I could make a pie, you know, right. or I can do right. all of this or I want to be in the pizza business, you know, and I think one of the things that, that sometimes derails creative entrepreneurs, you know, yeah. it's super passionate people and you're in a family of creative, passionate yeah. people. I mean, Rula can say something on the radio, it turns into a business the next day right. or probably an idea for any of you guys right. around the table. How do you maybe keep some of that stuff you know, in check, or now I'm baking something from my heart, but this ain't going into, into production, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've learned um, from making mistakes to not do that again, right? And I say that because, you know, when you're in our level of business, um, you get, when you're the, let's say the new sexy girl on the street, right? The new hot chick. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to date the hot chick, right? So we've been fortunate to say that you know there was there's a good period of time where people want to date us right in that context so you're growing a business you know you've got let's say for the most part zero customer base you're going to say yes to everyone 
right? With whatever weird things they want you to produce mm -hmm. that only this one customer out of many is going to buy and the volumes don't justify the production, the cost of goods, the labor involved. It, it's, it's, you should have never said yes to that kind of request. Yeah. But you're in a position where you're trying to grow a business. Well, you know, I look back now and I say, that was the dumbest shit I've ever done. I should never fucking do that, right? Like, I've learned to say no, right? Because I'm starting now, like, not starting, but I place a lot of focus on the bottom line. I, I have reports I run constantly because out of pure obsession, right? Myself, I'm, I'm so, I, I don't like accounting, but I'm obsessed with our numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what's our, you know, are we profitable yet? Are we, where are we this month with labor? What's our cost of goods? Where can we trim the fat? Like, yes, I love it. It's a passion, but it is absolutely a business. And I, I take it very seriously that I have people that have entrusted me with their livelihoods, right? That come to work every day to earn a paycheck. Yep. And I don't want to have to ever turn to them and go, I'm sorry I fucked up because so-and-so wanted something with, you know, sun-dried tomatoes and apricots on it, which no one else will ever fucking buy. <laughs> Not even, you know, some dumbass that, you know, anywhere. Yep. And so I, I just thought, okay, you know, those distractions now are, are approached methodically, right? Like, I've been fortunate now I have, uh, Drew Gimma has joined us, who's our new director of operations, who has extensive experience in, in baking commercially and retail. And, you know, Drew has expertise that I don't have. And I know I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not good at everything. And I certainly don't know everything. So part of me managing those distractions is, is turning that towards the experts under, you know, within our four walls. Mm -hmm. To be like, hey, Drew, you know, and one of the first things I told him when I hired him is that, that, that goes with this is, don't ever be afraid to tell me no. Like, I don't want you constantly just looking at me and going, yeah, sure, we'll do it because you're the boss. Like, no, I don't want that bullshit. Like, that's not what I want. I don't want those kind of people here. I want people to look at me like, hey, that's not the best idea. Let's maybe look at it through this lens and consider taking this approach, mm -hmm. right? Where we could probably see a little bit more profitability and it makes more sense. And also, we're not pigeonholing ourselves to one customer, let's say, and we can expand that and grow that out. Or who knows, there's potential that even Whole Foods may want it, right? Mm -hmm. So I start, I start taking those distractions with, I, I put them in front of other people and I try to get, I delegate those distractions to others. And I say, hey, I want you to tell me what you think of this. Before I even tell them what my thought is. Mm -hmm. So I can really see, are we in alignment? And they're probably going to be, you know, in the right before I am, right? So I try to surround myself with smart people that know different sides of the business better than I do because I don't know everything. Yep. Do you have a process of kind of your morning routine or your way of evaluating feedback or do you get out of the bakery and go for a walk you know or are you in other restaurants you know sampling stuff or looking at shelves and saying yeah. that bread or that thing i know we've talked a little bit about branding i mean i just i love the kind of the way the mind works to go okay we started here this was you know maybe good enough for a while this yeah. this logo you know or this yeah. recipe and now we're in a different spot and how attached am i to this versus where do i you know put us into maybe you know more growth mode that appetite right. for risk you know and and what you do to kind of like do you rush on that stuff you hire you know hire quick fire quick or you you know are you a deliberator you know what i mean you know i'm trying um i've well let me put it this way i've discovered that I can be more methodical than I realized, right? Like I can be, 
I never considered myself as a consultant. This is probably not the thing you want to hear. But I, I never considered myself a true strategic thinker until I owned my own company. Knowing that you know, every decision you make, big or small, could eventually have a trickle effect and impact something down the road. So I do a lot of research. I do visit other stores. I go to the grocery aisles and I see what's in the aisles. Um, I see where I could potentially envision a space on the shelf and our product and what, how could we differentiate. And I take that information, I take it back and I go, how can we be different, but also attractive, mm -hmm. right, to the customer. Um, I also try to, to constantly study who is our customer from a retail standpoint, right? Like I know that 77% of our customers, females from 25 to 34 years old. We've done the studies, we know the analytics. So I take that into consideration. Like for example, we're in the process of rebranding. We are in the second revision of our logo. It's now the second revision. We're gonna be moving into the third, which I finally, you know, truth be told, the last two were done through Fiverr, some <laughs> graphic designer in Pakistan or wherever they were. Um, and I wish, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Um, and I actually now engaged a, a local design house called Primer Gray, mm -hmm. who also worked with Eureka Heights, right, and did all their branding, uh, the brewery. And, you know, they're amazing people, super creative, and the, you know, color pattern, the messaging, and the branding and everything they came up with is something I would have never come up with on my own. So I'm, you know, I, I look at different avenues constantly to how can we evolve. Um, COVID-19 pandemic has taught me quite a bit. Um, you know, there, there's this very simple saying as people still have to eat. Mm -hmm. But when you're, when one source of your income or revenue goes away because of restaurants and it's a slow build to come back, then you've got to look at other pivots yep. to make, right? And so, you know, we already had a relationship with Whole Foods and immediately I started thinking, how can we grow this? We're already in all the f stores, so I can't add stores to that. I can add additional products to make those orders inflate slightly, right, to, to add to that over mm -hmm. month over month. Um, but then I thought, gosh, you know, there's 48 stores, you know, in their Southwest region. And if you want to grow this relationship and survive a pandemic, which has taken down other bakeries across the country. No doubt. You've got to figure this out and figure out how you can continue to produce uh, and still not lose your ass or lose your company altogether. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of that. I go out and see like what, what restaurants are actually, you know, surviving and can I penetrate that restaurant? Um, I'm not a big fan of going behind other bakeries and trying to steal business. I don't do that. But if I see that there's alignment between my company and our product and what they offer in their concept, um, then yeah, I will definitely approach them and be like, hey, look, this is who we work with. This is you know who we are. This is what we do. These are the products that we produce. Um, one thing I really like about what we do that makes us, I think, different from other bakeries in town and across the country um, is we source you know heirloom and whole grains from a, an artisan mill in Barton Springs, Texas called Barton Springs Mills. We're the only commercial baker in Houston that uses them. Anything that's got whole wheat or whole grain in them in our breads is all sourced from that very expensive flour in that mill, but it makes a difference in the flavor and the product. And you know this, people, and you, mm -hmm. of all people, right, as fit as you are, which I look like a fat slob sitting here next to you, which is doing great for my ego. Um, people Too kind. Shit. Yeah. People give a shit where their food comes from. 
I think that's a great point. I think they care very much where their food comes from. Yeah. I think, as we said at the very, very beginning, that food tastes better when you know, you know who's made it and who's behind it. Right. And I think brands and businesses that operate with a conscience, you know, now more than ever, um, have really a chance to differentiate themselves, as you talked about, right. and and stand out, you know, there. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll those things matter. That. I'll add to that, and forgive me for interrupting. Yeah. Something that we're kicking around now is, you know, I, I study the trade, I study the industry, I see market trends, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm of that mindset. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's, what's moving and what's not. And, you know, the number one selling product in the country when it turns to bread happens to be an organic, all organic product. There's not a lot of organic bread out there, so there's market share to penetrate, right? So that's something that we're looking into is when we get to a larger space and expand, we want to introduce a grocery line that is all organic, specifically for grocery retail. Mm-hmm. There's a segment there. People will pay a premium for that. Well, look, on top of us being friends, on top of us doing some business together, again, you know, on top of you being kind of ideally, dem- demographically ideal for the Midlife Now <laughs> podcast and everything also, um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation with you is, to me, like, bread is back, like, in, yeah. like, in, a, in a big way. Yeah. Um, and I'll again just using myself personally. You know, there's a lot of jumping on the bandwagon of of the paleo and the keto. You know, and and you know, in my kind of health and fitness you know background, a lot of these conversations about carbs and right. what to eat and how. To, and I'm not a diet. I saw this all the time. I'm a dietitian. Right. I'm not a nutritionist. Right. I'm not any of that shit. Go get your market. Go see real professionals for anything. But I am personally, I am a carb and bread advocate. There, that my life has gotten better eating really good quality bread and carbs, not being fanatical, you know, or ignoring any kind of food whatsoever, but seeking out, you know, best in class, if you will, that whatever you're going to eat, want to eat pizza? Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to get it from Domino's. We're going to make it using the bre- the with the dough that we want to, and with right. this. I think that anything in quality and in moderation is also, you know. Is is worth doing, you know, and well, and you, sure. and you need it. I don't want to get hit by a bus, okay? Right. <laughs> you know, no matter how fucking fit you are, the bus is going to take me down. Yeah. And I don't want to say that I haven't had a hamburger, you know, with the bun, okay, in yeah. in two years. Like that shit is boring and not a way to live. Right, and you know, we get asked often, and I mean to the point to where I get it, it's almost annoying. Uh, do you make any keto breads? Do you make any low-carb breads? Mm-hmm. You know, do you make any gluten-free breads? Now, gluten-free, I get it. There's allergens and, and there's there's aspect. But the other two, um, you know, my response is always, no, uh, we're very pro-gluten here, right? Because it, to me, like, I, I'm a big believer in also, like, you can evolve as a business and introduce, you know, different product lines that can penetrate different markets. Right. But by, you can still do that by staying, you know, true to your roots. Completely. Which is being an artisan bakery using you know producing products that are naturally leavened right with a wild starter that has more nutritional value than a bread filled with a bunch of you know shit in it that you can't pronounce which i refuse to do um everything that we use is clean um even you know anything that goes in there to um to stabilize the dough is all clean label it all passes let's say whole food standards for example which are very very strict Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I tell people constantly, I said, listen, I get it. Like, I don't want to be a fat ass my whole life, right? Like, I've put on some weight, you know, because of the stress of owning a company and whatnot. But I still occasionally will treat myself to a, a nice piece of toast with avocado smeared all over it, knowing that 
I know where this toast came from. I know where this bread, it's out of my bakery. I know what goes into it. We mm. use, you know, higher grade premium ingredients to produce these products because I give a shit what I put in my kid's mouth. Absolutely. Right? And, and nothing, wrong, nothing wrong with having those things, again, in moderation, from the right sources, being right. done the right way. Right. And to your, to your point, by the way, you look great. I'll compliment you also. You're not right. a fat ass, okay, out here. <laughs> And entrepreneurship is hard and it raising is. kids is hard, okay? Yeah. And the hours that you put in, you know, are hard. And we discussed kind of the fallacy, you know, of, of balance in a way too. Right. Um, there aren't enough hours in the day, I think, to accomplish, to do everything you want to do in, in one every right. day. I think the fastest way to fail is to say, okay, here's my schedule from 3 a.m. in the morning until 11 you know, p.m. at night and I'm going to work and I'm going to see my kids and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to do this. That is completely not sustainable, Correct. you know, and right. longevity based. Uh, I think things go in, in cycles a little bit too. Like there's probably some times and talk about this a little bit, maybe the accounting side of the business, you know, and the operation side needs a little bit more of your attention. Right. You know, maybe the baking side does maybe, Hey, okay. I gotta get my health back a little bit. You know, things on the business side have eased up. This may be our slower time, you know, we're past Thanksgiving. Like maybe we get past the holidays. We yeah. get past all the other shit, like everybody else. Like, okay. You know, now, yeah, now I can get back to that 10,000 steps thing, you know, <laughs> because, yeah, exactly. you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, overall balance versus daily balance, or at least striving, right. you know, for that. Stuff you think about and talk about? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I try to put more focus, like our slower months is where I kind of look at and say, okay, like from a business standpoint, I'll start with that and I say like, okay, where can we tighten things up, right? Like. Now is the time that if we're going to make changes to like even say our product catalog or even, you know, the, the amount of doughs that we have that we're producing products out of, you know, the slower months is where we sit down and evaluate and look at our sales trends to say like, okay, well, let's trim some fat here. Now's mm -hmm. the time to do that, right? Now's the time for us to potentially introduce new products and we can test that. We can do some R&D this month. So it doesn't have a massive impact on production. Personally, it's like, hey, maybe this is the month you and I can actually get rid of the children you know, my, mm -hmm. my wife and I, Rule and I, and go out on a date or go away for a weekend, right? Like every July is the slowest month of the year for us from a bakery standpoint. And radio takes time off in the summer too because of ratings, right? Everybody's out, vacation, they're gone. Nobody's listening to the radio, yep. right? And so that's when she breaks. So every July we, we make a concerted effort to go back to Greece to visit our families. I've got, you know, um, Family, immediate family that live there, and she's got immediate family that are that are there too. So we try to go at least for ten to two weeks, ten days to two weeks, to get out, like take a break. Yep. Like I've learned quickly that I burn out, and when I burn out, I mean it's like smoldering, right? It's like there's like no fire truck in the world could put this flame out, right? Unless I decompress and disconnect and go off the grid. Um, and you know what I started doing. Greg, is um, after the first full year, I started realizing I need to disconnect myself, not just from the bakery, um, but, you know, from my family, too, because mm -hmm. of everything that comes with being a dad and a husband, right? That's work, too, obviously. Um, and I try to take <coughs> myself somewhere for three to four days alone, and I usually do it somewhere high up on a mountain, right, where there's no... There, there has to be Wi-Fi so I can make a phone call, right? <laughs> um, I don't want a TV, right? I just want to be by myself, out in nature, away from the city, no work. You can't get a hold of me unless I turn the, you know, the Wi-Fi switch on. 
Um, and I found that to be therapeutic. Mm -hmm. It really helps me bring me back to center. And I think clearer, personally and professionally. Um, I'll repeat that if you want so you can cut that tone out. <laughs> I think clearer, personally and professionally. Um, when I realize, when I take some time just to, you know, try to alleviate as much of that stress by removing it for even a short period of time. Um, and that to me is super important. Like the slower times of the month is where I think I'm better at doing something for me mm -hmm. when the busiest, you know, cause the rest of the, the year you're, you're crazy. You're going balls to the wall, right? Yep. You're trying to keep up with, you know, everybody wants bread at Thanksgiving, right? And they want pies and we're doing pies now for Christmas as well. Like we did for Thanksgiving. Um, and, you know, in the spring, you know, we've got a bunch of shit coming. So it's like, yeah, once, you know, thank God summer exists or I think I'd be smoldering, you know, at this point. Well, it's important, again, to, to be able to, you know, have the self-awareness and you know, take time for the self-care. Um, you know, think about the balance in the business kind of in, an, in you know, in annual terms uh, and all of the responsibilities that we all have. Right. Um, and you throw it all in the bucket. And at the end of the day, you know, we just... We're just doing the best we fucking can. <laughs> that's, that's okay. yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't say it any, any differently than that. Yeah. We are, we're just putting one foot in front of the other yeah. okay, and trying yeah. to do the very best we can. And right. you are crushing it, doing an incredible job. Thank I you. really appreciate you coming in. Of All course. your time. Um, this is awesome. We could keep we could keep doing this, and we will keep doing this. I okay, hope so. yeah. as you continue to to blow and grow. Um, where can people find? Breadman Company right sure. now. I mean, we're in Houston. People listening all over. So some of you may not be able to get this, but in time, people. Yeah. Okay? So right now, you can go to any Whole Foods market uh, in the Houston metro area. There are 12 stores here locally in Houston, all the way up from the Woodlands to Independence Heights to West Chase, what have you. Um, you can find our bread in the bakery section on the bread wall itself. It's in a it's in a bag that's branded, so you can find our logo or look for my you know, happy face on, a, on the pictures that they put up to emphasize that we're a local vendor. Um, if you happen to hear this and you're in, you know, other parts of the state or even Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma, same thing. There's um, breads that you can get there in the same parts of the store that's also branded um, for retail. And then there are um, select HEB stores as well that we're in. Um, I think we have four stores currently that we're providing product for, which you can go to the website at um, breadmanco.com slash retail. We'll show you all the listings of where you can find it. And then, you know, if you love farmer's markets like Greg does, um, which I appreciate you coming when you do, it's always good to see you out there. They're awesome. Um, mm -hmm. You can go to Urban Harvest Farmer's Market every Saturday from eight to noon. That's in River Oaks at the corner of Buffalo Speedway and Westheimer. Or you can see us every first and third weekend at the new Rice Village Farmer's Market at, um, uh, I think it's on, uh, What's up? I think it's Amherst or something like that. Um, and and uh, on the second and fourth um, farmers market, or second and fourth weekend of the month, we're at the Galveston's own farmers market at the Bryan Museum down in Galveston on the island. So plenty of opportunity to go out and find our stuff. Um, currently, right now for this month, exam we're running a, a, a holiday promotion for pies. If you want to go to breadmanco.com/christmas, and we're offering an apple cranberry Dutch pie. Uh, as well as a, uh, a chocolate pecan pie and our Parker House rolls for the holidays. 
Take advantage of all of those. I can tell you from my Thanksgiving experience that they are certainly worth it, okay, as yeah. well. And if you cannot get access to the Bread Man Co. because of where you are and you just want to salivate, find them on Instagram because they have an awesome Instagram. And uh, there's nothing better than great pictures of food you want to consume, yeah. right? <laughs> That's yeah. we all. I take way too many pictures of those and I look at too many of those for inspiration and I'm starving right now. It is beyond lunchtime. Tassos Katsounis, okay, the bread man himself. Thank you so much again for being on the Midwife Mail podcast. This was awesome. I will see you very soon, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. I really enjoyed it.